Red button is clicked. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Queer Cooperative Podcast. I am Monty, and Nick is here as well. We are smoking a lot of hookah. We also have got TikTok Live going, and uh, we're just chilling. We've got some topics we will talk about today, and uh, also we've gone digital, so hopefully this sounds better. I finally have a computer, and uh, I, this means I do not have to record on cassette and then uh, plug it into another computer and then play it, and it's overall hopefully going to be easier. Uh, I'm using mostly Marantz gear. I have a Marantz MP... I think it's MPH1 headphones. They weren't too expensive. And then Marantz, and then Marantz MP100, or maybe MP1000 is what it says. Mike, uh, super big pain. Yeah, let's figure out how to get them working because they're not just plug and play. I had to get a fucking mixer, uh, which, like, cool. I'm learning how to use a mixer, and I'm learning what phantom power is, but <sighs> it was a pain in the ass, but we're here now. Um, so I guess to start, we're going to look at some stuff from the Discord server, which I don't know why I had you get the tablet, because I can just use my computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, in Discord, I asked, hello, does anyone have podcast topic successions? And the first person to talk was Tater Tot on our Discord server. If you don't know, uh, please get on the Discord server. It's a great community. Uh, it's facilitated by an awesome moderator team. One of my moderators lives with me, Nick. Uh, he lives rent-free on the queer cooperative because we do not believe in being landlords and shit like that. Um, and we also believe in promoting, not promoting, but providing a safe space where trans people do not have to worry about rent or getting kicked out by parents or being like disregarded by parents before they... Or dead named every day. Or dead named every day. Yeah, fuck that shit. Um, hopefully you can hear Nick. Uh, Nick Nick has had a had a day, so he's a little quiet, but we're here, and we're definitely queer, and you know we'll talk about it later. But we definitely have everything to fear. So. <laughs> that was Alexis. Alexis has been in the Goblin Cave gaming, and they love to announce when they have to pee. So. Um, Woo. Um, anyway, so Tater Tot wants to talk about disability bullshittery. And I guess the easiest way to talk about that is like the massive gap in how disability is treated between uh, like myself and Alexis, where we are veterans and um, people like us. And, and I guess your regular American citizens who deserve the same rights as veterans. So. Uh, if you don't know, to kind of recap, my I was involved in a horrible motor vehicle accident while I was in the Navy. I was duty driver. Uh, it was a yeah. I'm live and I'm recording the podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything to say, Alexis? I peed. I'm glad you peed. Did you wash your hands? No. Gross. Wash your hands. No, I don't touch anything to toilet paper. Wash your hands. You wash your hands. I do, very no, consistently. Don't. There's a pandemic going on. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, like, we sleep together. You coughing on me isn't going to change anything. And me and Nick share hookah caps, so. What? There are different colors. You could each have your own yeah, color. Yeah, Nick already claimed the black one. Oh, see, then you're not sharing. Yeah, well, we previously we were. So, uh, we're talking about disability. So, uh, you want to say hi to the, the live chat? Yeah. No, I squish. No, please don't. My back and everything hurts. <coughs> I love you. Well, Caleb and Kate went to bed, so I'm just going to go keep grinding on that. Okay. Uh, anyway, so me and Alexis are veterans, right? I was involved in a horrible accident. I was the first responder to some really bad things, and I came out with post-traumatic stress disorder in the unstable bracket, as well as uh, massive neck and back pain from, like, about seven or so herniated discs um, and whiplash symptoms that are just not going away, uh, despite about a year and a half of physical therapy and then some. So I'm medically retired, and uh, so when you get disabled as a veteran, so long as you can make it that far, since you know it's not exactly easy to get uh, you know any kind of disability claim in the military while you're in, uh, I was, like all of my doctors, I had like fucking three or four of them. Of course, at no cost to me, because I was on TRICARE, which is taxpayer-paid health insurance. I got to... Uh, get referred to a medical board where the Navy decided, oh, wow, you're super fucked up. Uh, and 
I was able to leave with 100% disability and retirement, so I retain all the benefits of being an active duty member for the most part, as well as excellent health insurance, kind of. I mean, as excellent as TRICARE can get, I guess. And, um, you know, I, I get a good living stipend from disability. I get 100% disability from the VA. Um, well, it will start. I'm not collecting it yet because I'm active duty until the 27th, and it's currently the 24th, but I'll be collecting it, uh, I think it's start of November. October not getting paid, but we'll, we'll manage. But on the flip side, uh, Nick, would you like to talk about your disability experience? Yeah, okay, so I have complex PTSD and uh, bipolar disorder, and they're both checked by medication and therapy, which is of insane cost both ways. And I'm trying to apply for disability because it's extremely difficult for me to hold down a job because even medicated, it's extremely hard for my episodes to be controlled and I can't be even like brushed by another person without having a panic attack if I don't know them. So I can't keep a job. And in my process for applying for social security, it's been exceptionally difficult to get anywhere because I never served in the military, so I don't get fair treatment. And not only that, but because I'm 18, my disabilities are treated as invalid simply because I'm young and there can't be anything that wrong with me. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's kind of the, let me, I'm trying to find the sweet spot for the mic here. Yeah, that's kind of the massive disparity between uh, how disability is handled uh, in the United States, both with veterans and military and then the average citizen. Um, and like, I guess the first thing to talk about is how difficult it is to get a rating when you have, I guess, a more, uh, we'll just call an invisible disability, like something that cannot be, that isn't obvious, right? So like, I didn't lose a limb in the military. I didn't get disfigured. Um, I have horrible back problems, but that wasn't apparent until they like, I had gotten in my accident, and after my accident, it took about a year for them to give me an MRI, right? Um, and then PTSD, man, that was hard for anyone to accept, um, because PTSD is a pretty common diagnosis in the military. You know, I wasn't a combat guy. I was just an electrician, uh, and most of my shit came from a car accident, and then, you know, the Navy literally, trigger warning, by the way, we're going to talk about sexual assault a little bit, uh, the Navy literally raping me and a few of my friends, uh, you know, blue on blue stuff. Um, whatchamacallit, uh, but yeah, like it's so difficult to get a rating, not in the military, especially as a young person, because the perception is like, you're young, you can do it. There's no need, you know, and like Nick here, uh, PTSD is a really hard thing to work with. Uh, I think in my final days in the military, or at least my final days, wearing the uniform, I was, like, I think my last day when I was having really hard issues or a hard time getting them to approve my leave to go home, I was so close to just flipping a table. And if I flipped a table, it would have been assault, it would have been sent to the brig, it would have been bad. Um, and I definitely can't work in there now. Like, I, I, I get close to fighting people in the fucking Lowe's parking lot because they have a problem with my Black Lives Matter mural on my car. I got I to scoot over to <laughs> But as someone who's not a veteran of PTSD, that's another problem I have because it's not respected nearly as much if you're not, if you've never been a veteran. Yeah. Like, I had my PTSD diagnosis when I was 15 years old, and in all through 2018, I was a disaster. Like, I couldn't leave my house because I couldn't breathe without my heart rate going up to 120 and crying in a ball because I just couldn't exist in the world. And people just don't think that that's real for yeah, me because like, I never went through anything traumatic because I never shot someone. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so hard to, with, with PTSD especially, and like I, I blame a lot of vets in active duty who have PTSD and then don't get it treated because there's so much of this toxic thing of like, no, you gotta be tough, you can't get it treated, everyone deals with it. Like I think one of the things... Uh, on TikTok, Patrick Lawler, who, if you don't know, is a, uh, I guess he has more vet cred than me. He was a, a combat medic during both Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom. So he was in, like, the crazy shit in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, you know, there's guys who went there and, you know, lost friends, 
watch kids get shot, watch people get blown up, and, like, they still don't get treated, and they just think, like, nope, I'm tough. I'm not going to be a a tax sponge or something. And that's how you get, like, the toxic relationships with a lot of veterans, because they leave their PTSD so unchecked that it becomes a constant in their life, and they just believe that the behavior is acceptable. Yeah, and, like, to me, it was like, oh, well, I'm just an angry person. I was like, no, uh, I just have no barrier between my normal self and then my uh i guess what you would call my fight or flight response and it's it's almost like it used to be a lot of flight i used to avoid problems and now i just want to fight everybody it just Um, makes your filter as a human completely disappear like most people have the capability of like holding their tongue or being able to stand up straight whenever like they're getting yelled at for example I can't get yelled at I like break down (laughs) or like if someone tries to confront me I will throw hands because my brain doesn't have the ability anymore to stop myself from doing that yeah and it's uh like an example I've gone through is uh especially at like out like I live in twin I live in Twin Falls County Kimberly Idaho and, like, it's a super conservative area. And we'll talk more about the falls of that later. But, um, like, two times. I, it was in the same day as well. Like, I parked in the veterans' parking spot at Lowe's. And, like, I don't look like a normal veteran. Like, long hair, beard. I think mainly what pisses people off is on my fanny pack, which almost always has a gun in several backup magazines. Because... <laughs> You know, it's scary being uh, a pansexual brown man here, which we can talk about later because we're going to talk about intersection intersectionality a little bit. Um, like, I have uh, I have both the trans pride flag, not because I'm trans, but because I, it's a very important issue to me. Uh, and then also I have the standard LGBT pride flag. Uh, but then also on my car, my beautiful Lexus LS400 1995. Willis is his name. Great car. If you guys don't know what car to get, always buy Toyota. Uh, Lexus is also a subsidiary of Toyota. Honda. I guess you could buy Honda if you're a front-wheel drive person. I love my Honda. I don't advocate for Honda, but I will respect (laughs) Honda. But um, just don't buy American. Americans make horrible cars. They're awful. They're really bad. And they're not even made here. They're made in Mexico. Anyway, um, they are. Like, they are. The parts are manufactured in Mexico, and... Sometimes they're assembled there or they're shipped here. Then how do they call it America? Is that legal? Because if the parts get shipped to the United States and then like, even if it if it's like 95% assembled and then sent to a factory here and then gets finished, it can be called Made in America. That's stupid. It is very stupid. Whoever made that rule should be like fired. I don't think it they're should matter probably dead. where your products are built. It, it shouldn't. Because borders are stupid. But anyway. Uh, it's just one cut. Car- Carry on about uh, the Lowe's story. Like, I had parked my car, my LS400 with the BLM murals, and, like, now one window says Trump wants me dead, because he does. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, I parked in the veteran spot, and, like, some dude was like, you don't fucking deserve to park there. Like, you're not a fucking veteran. And, like, oh, my God, I was ready to fight. But this guy was in his crossover. Like, problematic people always drive something like an SUV or a pickup truck. It's, like, never an import car. Or a Nissan. I've seen a lot of problematic people who drive fucking, like, Nissan hatchbacks. It's weird. I think it's because, like, it's it's the default car if you're like, oh, I want to get the imports. Disgusting. Yeah. But we, uh, whatchamacallit. And then, like, I handled that. I didn't handle it. He was in the passenger seat, and, like, his wife or whatever drove him away real fast. Um, it was like a drive-by screaming, which we deal with a lot. Uh, yeah. But, um... <laughs> Then after that, we went to... Well, I went inside and came back out. When I came back out, some dude was, like, fucking ogling me. So I stared back at him. I was like, you have a problem with vets? Like, we were maybe about, like, 10 feet from each other. Like, we had walked up on each other. And I was like, you have a problem with vets? He was like, no. And then he walked away. Coward. Guy had the number one dad shirt on him. So good. Everyone knows I am the true number one dad. Obviously. I am, I am, I am the biggest dad. Let him adopt you. He is the most quality parent. I try. Sometimes I lose my shit. Sometimes I take too many muscle relaxers and get all wiggly. Sometimes I take way too many muscle relaxers and I start tweaking. But I like the, the word wiggly. Wiggly. I get wiggly. Um, anyway, so PTSD, like, I can't function in the normal world. Like, one person would give me shit and I would probably fight them. I would probably 
get my ass beat or beat some ass, but like it would be problematic. I would be able to hold a job down anywhere. You know, like I, I can't handle people saying stupid shit to me. At least if it's stupid shit in reference to anything about my identity, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's on disability. I don't know how much more we can cover. Uh, I I was very fortunate. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was very fortunate to have a very documented accident with very obvious things. It wasn't like damage over time. Uh, like I was I was in uniform when the accident happened, and like I, it's ironic to say because it's changed my life forever. But like I was one of the lucky ones. So, um. So, Slime Guy wants to talk about intersectionality bullshit. So, as it was described to me by Slime Guy, I'll, I'll just go read what they said or she said. Um, uh, it's a form of oppression that's compounded by being two or more discriminated against identities. For example, a trans black woman's experience of discrimination is unique because she faces the combined hateful treatment based on all of her identities, which is absolutely true. So, um... It's almost like stat. Like if you think of it like like an RPG, right? Stack, and, yeah, like, like if, it's like having like imagine you pick multiple like Skyrim, right? If you pick Skyrim and let's say you have uh, multiple buffs as a certain race that you pick, except they're debuffs. Like you don't lose the debuffs of one by being both, right? Like so if you're in my case uh, a pansexual brown guy, like. And I'm very open about being pan and With not PTSD, like PTSD. Disability is counted in yeah. intersectionality. So it kind of goes three ways. Like it's I'm pan, I'm brown, and I have PTSD. Like I have disabilities as well, and like it, it all compounds, right? So like on the outside, I look like this. I guess I would look like this. I'm chunkier now, but like big, tough, masculine man, like presenting man, and like realistically, like I am not one of the boys. I do not play those games. I keep to myself um you know and I have sexuality not issues but like I have a sexuality that's more than just being fucking hetero um and then like I get all the issues being brown which means I've encountered everything from being screamed at the f slur while people drive by my house because I have multiple pride flags on my porch to uh like back in the day like back in the 2015 era when we had the uh Syrian refugee crisis people uh, screaming at me because they thought I was uh, like a Syrian refugee or something, which is an issue in itself. And I guess all I can really talk about is how like the more of those you add, and it's not something you choose to add. What I mean, what I'm saying is the more of those you have, the harder life gets, which is why like in America, I think probably, I would say save for Native Americans, I think the black trans community has it the worst. Yeah. Um, because you are, like, being a, a person of color, but, like, especially being a, a black person, you are already so constantly in danger. And then adding being a trans person onto that, because trans people get so much hate. I don't... It's awful. It's so much absurd trans hate. sometimes, because, like, listen, as a trans man, the problem is, is, like, most of the time, I have a lot of people that just believe that I'm confused or I'm being irrational or I'm faking the way I feel and so they don't have any respect for the kind of things that I have to go through because they don't want to take the time to like understand and not only am I trans but I'm also pansexual and I'm half Native American so we find ourselves <laughs> at this path where it's so hard to get anyone to respect me just because of the way I was born. Yeah, it's, it, it, you're, you are basically constantly at the least disregarded and at the worst in danger. Uh, and like I, like I think I remember I was in boot camp or maybe a little bit after that when Trump banned uh, trans peoples from being in the military, uh, which scared a lot of people because like previous to that, the military had had a pretty good trans uh, program. Uh, one of the closest people I was with uh, was a aviation machinist mate. No, aviation structural mechanic second class who had gone through, uh, I, I think, the majority of their transition. I'm not sure if they'd ever got finished. I know they had gone as far as to get a hysterectomy done, and they had made it just far enough. Like, they had just beat the line. Um, so there was a lot of people who were stuck, and I actually, I had I was living with someone who... Uh, 
was a female, but because of the ban, had to present as male um, in the military. And it was a very big struggle because that means they, they couldn't get hormone treatments. They couldn't uh, do the things they needed to to feel okay in their own skin. Um, and dysphoria is horrific. Like, being trans, dysphoria is one of, like, the biggest struggles I've had in my life. And that's coming from someone who has bipolar and PTSD and, like... It's hard to understand as someone who's not trans the struggle of like looking at yourself in the mirror and not being okay with that beyond like body image issues. It goes so much deeper than that to a point where you're unsettled by your own existence and no one has any respect for it. Would, would, would you say, because I have no fucking clue, but would you say it's pretty close to like almost having like a, like a mutation it makes me feel like a freak because people treat me like a freak. Like, there's something wrong with me for being trans. And I don't know. I just wish that I got more respect because it's not like I'm asking for much. Like, asking you to call me by my name, it, it's not hard. Asking you to call me a male because I am a male, it's not hard. But people are like, Oh, that makes me uncomfortable. Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, I've been doing this for so long. Like, it's not a difficult concept. And I, I just don't understand. Like, my mind can't wrap around the fact that people don't want to put in the effort to respect my existence. Yeah, like, I think the one of the most recent... Idaho, and I'm, I'm sorry that I live in Idaho and that you've come into the state, Nick. I love having you here, but it's going to be hard. They just passed, uh, like, an anti-trans bill, which, like, barred... Uh, I think it was high school athletes that were trans from playing in their, uh, I think they're playing in their gender and making them forced to play in their assigned gender at birth. Um, which like being trans in Idaho is already hard. I don't know why I was reaching for that one. It's already hard enough. So, um, one second. Yeah. And comparing to what I came from in Colorado to what I left uh, no, comparing to what I came here in Idaho versus what I, like, came to in Idaho. No, that's not it either. Anyway, the point is, in Colorado, I had a lot more rights and, like, legal points of existence as a trans person. Like, in Colorado, if you get your name changed, you have to publicate it four times, which is standard federal law. Except in Colorado, you do not have to publicate if you are changing your name for a gender-affirming purpose. Here, that is not the rule. So when I change my name, I legally have to put a target on my back as a human being. Yeah. Which is utterly fucking terrifying. And there's a difference between um, putting a target on your back, like I do, where like my... If you guys, I'll show you guys a TikTok at some point. Some of you have seen it. Where like I cut up my old Navy working uniform into a cutoff, and I have a bunch of patches I've sewn onto it. And the biggest one now is a one of the burning twin towers, and it says among most things that World Trade is a death sentence or something, and how the military is a terrorist organization. And like I'm actively putting it on my back because I choose to. There's a difference between that and then basically existing and having to do that to exist peacefully. Um, like, I choose to put those signs out there. I choose to have the pride flags on there. And there's a very distinct difference between choosing to do that and then existing as yourself. And I guess kind of wrapping back down to intersectionality and having this multiple traits that living in, you know, this America now, um, fascist America, that involves you being in danger. Because, God, there's... I think no community is targeted worse than... Uh, I, I guess I don't know. The, I don't know the numbers, but I think in what I see... Like, trans and black people are, like, most at risk here in this country. Um, and I guess, I guess that's all we can talk about intersectionality. Like, um, I, think it, I think it loops back around here in a little bit. I'm just scrolling through the Discord. Uh, Douglas Combustion, uh, on a lighter note, asks, if you could start a coffee house, what cool shit would you do differently? And I think for me, if I did have a coffee house... I would want to run one of those home, those businesses that, like, is just a part of my home. So I think I would probably, like, I have so much property. Not that I have so much property, but, like, my house sits so far back on the lot that's in that I could have a small coffee kiosk or a small building out front 
and just be a drive-by coffee place. I think I would do that. That sounds so yeah. nice. Yeah, I think I would, like, try my best to build it myself and make it as, like, not self-sustaining, but I wouldn't want to have contractors. I wouldn't do much aside from, like, I guess build a shelter. Um, and I guess I'd probably run it without electricity because you can... You There's can, no need. We have a house right yeah, here. Yeah, we have a house right here. Um, and I think for me, I would only serve one fucking thing. I would just serve, like, Americanos and coffee and espresso. I wouldn't serve anything else other than that. Um, what about lattes? Huh? What about lattes? No. Because I, I wouldn't want to fuck around with it. Like, I, I, would, I would... Or I could probably target it at, like, the vegan or, like, the dietary restriction market. Like... Cause, that would be nice. Cause I hate when I go to mom and pop coffee places, and there's very few now. But they're like, "Nah, we only got fucking milk." <laughs> you don't like cow slime. You don't like the moo titty. By the way, cow slime is different than slime cow. Slime cow is a slime guy dressed up as a cow, and then I would super stand <laughs> that. So. Everyone um, stand that. Oh, dude, slime is beautiful. They'd make they'd make they'd make a good moo moo person. Yes. Uh. Anyway, so, and I guess I'd probably do that. I think I might do it based on donation or charity. Like, I don't think I would want to make overhead. Like, I think I would do donate what you want. So, and I could. I like that. And I think my, like, because we kind of, I don't think we'd run a charity, but, like, I'd probably put the money back into making the co-op better. um, Because at this point, we're kind of out of funds to be doing advanced repairs to the house an if we did that. Or, or uh, helping out the homeless community. That's that a pretty important really issue. Nice. As a person who's been homeless many times. I felt that. Yeah. Uh, uh, da, da, da. Vic Market says, I see your disability brochure and I raise you ableist brochure. Oh my god, I oh, hate no. ableist people. <laughs> ah, we encounter it like every fucking day. Like, oh. The ableist. Um, you know, those beautiful people that have never been injured, have no, um, hereditary issues or, uh, any on adult onset or early onset issues or have never, or my favorite have never gone through trauma. Let's use Jerry as an example. All right. Let's, let's okay. talk about Jerry. So I'm gonna let you talk. I think I need to start. Jerry call. Smith is my sperm donor and this man has never experienced what it's like to have a disability. He has no severe, like, life-altering trauma. He's never understood what it's like to live with any of these issues. I have recently been applying for Social Security, as was mentioned earlier in the podcast, and I'm turning to him for information because my post-traumatic stress disorder really messes with my memory, so I can remember, like, very little, like, specifically time frames I'm really horrible with. And I was talking to this man, and I was like, I went to the hospital at this point in time for this, right? And he was like, no, that never happened. And he kept telling me that it had never happened. But I call my mother, who had taken me to the hospital that night, and she went, yeah, that did happen. And the problem I have with Jerry is he treats me as if I am less than because I have to deal with these things on a daily basis, which is infuriating due to the fact that I exist on almost the same level as him, but because I have my disabilities, he treats me as less than. And the problem that I face in America most times is the fact that he's not the only one who does that. He's just the one who's closest to me. Everyone, there are so many people in the general population that believe it's just acceptable to treat someone with a disability as less than them because they've never experienced something of that caliber. Just because I have gone through horrific trauma and I have medicated issues does not mean you are allowed to treat me as less than. People who are handicapable, who have things mobility-wise that they have to deal with. Say Alexis, for example, has to use a wheelchair when they go into public places because walking for them for long periods of time is really hard. People frequently ask questions about, oh, why don't they use the wheelchair at home? Because it's extremely difficult for them to walk those long distances. But because they're not paralyzed or something of that nature, it's treated as less valid, which is an ableist concept. 
So I don't under I've never been able to wrap my mind around the fact that some disabilities are treated as severe and others are just treated with no respect based on a passing assumption or a random judgment from someone who has likely never experienced something like that. Tad, <laughs> I need you to come back. I'm coming. I'm making nuggies because I'm getting hungry and I don't know. Nuggies. I don't know if parents doing doing dinner tonight. Uh, so like my experience with ableism is like uh like the thing I have to bring up with people is PTSD and like usually because like I cancel a lot of plans because of PTSD. Yesterday when I was having my fucking panic attack, I was supposed to go play X-Wing, which is a great miniature tabletop game with one of my buddies, and I was like, I can't do it. I'm having an episode, and he was super understanding, but a lot of people aren't. Um, and not necessarily because I have PTSD. Most people aren't understanding because they don't get my PTSD because, because of American media and American perception. Like, PTSD can only come from, like, war. They like, oh, PTSD can only come from being shot at or blown up or seeing a buddy die. And I mostly blame Hollywood for that. Um, and the perception that, like, you can only, like, have been injured. And that's America's perception of PTSD and not the realistic, uh, I guess, uh, presentation of PTSD, which is, like, anyone who's had compounding stress over long periods of time can have post-traumatic stress disorder. Large events can make it worse, like my car accident, but like you can have never had a large event, but maybe you lived with an abusive parent for like years. That could also give you post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and I hate that it's not understood simply because I didn't get shot at. And that's, I used to feel very shameful about it. Oh shit, <laughs> I, dropped, I dropped the hookah. Uh, I used to feel very ashamed, like, oh, I have this diagnosis and when like there's guys who've gotten blown up. And like, I've come around to it because I have to, I, know, I realized that was ableist in itself. And ableism is, I, to me, a very bad side effect or symptom of America. The American ideology of only valuing people as much as they can put out for labor. Um, so, and like for me, we're like, again, I'm perceived as like a masculine large man who can do, I look like I can do work, or I look like I can carry a heavy load, or I look like I can take a lot of shit because like I'm a veteran, so I must be a tough guy. I'm not one of those fucking snowflakes. Um, and that's just not the case. Um, also, like what people are saying with Alexis, who uses a, a wheelchair or much more call it a cane on long walks or like on long errands. Uh, but dude, I hate ableism, and like I, it stems from being capitalist. Like, uh, like for me, I still deal with issues because I still try to do things despite my body restrictions. Like if you saw my TikTok, I was down, I was laying down for like probably about eight hours today because my neck just couldn't take it anymore and it took Nick forcibly um, barring me from working to stop uh, because I still have the internalized ableism of like oh no I gotta work because like I can do it I, I'm supposed to do it I'm only I still equate my self value only as much as I can do labor and that's wrong right like you're I more than your paycheck same thing like yeah. with my PTSD it was Let's take an example from, like, 2018. This was the time when, like, my PTSD was undiagnosed. It was unchecked and unmedicated. And I had a girlfriend at the time. And I didn't have a car. I had to go all the way across the city to see her. I was on public transport. And <laughs> my heart rate had skyrocketed. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't see. I thought that like I was actively dying because the majority of my stress had come from uh, a very large event in my life. It was a trigger warning for suicide. I overdosed in uh, fall of 2017 and I went into a small coma and it really it messed me up and it made me realize that I had a lot more trauma than I thought. And seeing that made my existence so hard because it made the world terrifying to me and I couldn't get across the city and as I was freaking out on this bus there were people looking at me pointing gawking calling their friends to talk about the crazy lady on the bus because I have PTSD and I couldn't keep myself under control and that's funny to people apparently <laughs> Um, so that's been my 
experience with PTSD and ableism because people just don't respect it. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm just trying to... Okay, um, you can just, like, edit this out, right? No, I'll leave it in. Really? Yeah, I don't care. Is that necessary? It's more work to edit it out, so I'd rather just leave it in. I'll do it for you. No, I, I, we're keeping the integrity of the podcast. Because the next topic we have is Fox. It's fine, it'll be okay. Uh, I think we're supposed to talk about ableism for a little bit more. What was I fucking going to say? Um... Oh my god, I had something, and like, it's just, it's just gone. It's because you it's were busy gone. making nuggets. I wasn't making nuggets, I was just filling the fucking water filter. <laughs> like, oh my god, what was I going to say? <laughs> um, so we talked about PTSD, da 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 da. Oh, um, let's talk about like some experience with ableism in the military. So like, uh, while I was deployed with Patrol Squadron 9 in Sigonella, Sicily, um, I was in a specific work center, work center 310, I was under... Petty Officer Cowan and Petty Officer Aguilar and Chief Lapercio and um, they had been hazing this one sailor so much and admittedly this sailor was kind of a pain in the ass but like you don't haze people you're not supposed to do that they train you for boot camp not to haze people but they had been hazing her and hazing her and hazing her and hazing her and shamefully I didn't do anything to stop it because I was like whatever I don't fucking care um, but they had hazed her to the point where she had been found mutilating herself that she got sent home um, and immediately booted out of the Navy. And when that came up, I was so surprised that they had just brushed everything under the rug. They didn't talk about um, suicide awareness. They didn't talk about uh, ass care treat training or assist training. They just were like, whatever. And when I lost my shit and... Like, I had had this dumb shit happen with a bunch of chiefs who were getting pissed at me for having a no-shave chit. Uh, but, like, when it all came to, I was yelling at my chief, and I was like, one of our people just tried to off themselves or had just hurt themselves, and you have people acting like this, because, like, um, like I had, I had a no-shave chit that was authorized by our medical team because I can't move my head around very well for shaving, and I got screamed at by Senior Chief Lemmel. Uh, fuck that dude. He sounds like an he's, asshole. He's a horrible man. Um, he's the kind of senior chief. He's a fucking E8 who, like, married an E5, which probably meant that, like, they were probably fucking when he was a chief and she was, like, a little, like, airman seaman. Like, very Isn't junior that, like, ring. against the rules or It's something? supposed to be, but Love it's not. That. Yeah, the Navy's so good. But, uh... I had lost my shit, and I was like, I can't believe we just lost somebody to, you know, basically self-harm and trauma, and you have your people acting like this, and like this chief. The day after uh, this sailor had hurt herself uh, out of trauma was like, you need to toughen up. And I was like, okay, here we go. And that was kind of the start of it, where like, uh, the Navy will talk about suicide awareness and how many people we lose a day to suicide, which is, hey, spoiler alert, a fucking lot of them. Um, But it doesn't come into practice. And I guess that's about the most I can talk about ableism. Uh, Never, and I I have this problem a lot. Like, I won't bullshit you. I, like, me and Lexus fight all the time because, like, I end up expecting a lot more out of them than they can provide. And, like, it's, it's just me being an ableist prick, basically. It's me forgetting that, like, people have different capacities and that not everyone does what I do where I just fucking push through my shit and then end up in bed for three days because I wasn't treating myself right. Um, but yeah, I'm going to pause this and then go get my... Okay, are we back? Yeah, we're back. Okay, cool. Arrow says he loves you. I love you too, Arrow. My beautiful, my beautiful boy. Uh, I have returned with nuggets. We took a brief intermission nice. on the podcast to make our... Vegan Nuggets. Uh, we are sponsored by Morningstar Vegan Nuggets. All one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of them that are on this plate. There were eleven. Oh, that's okay. They're good, right? They're good in that George Foreman. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna just take a dip of nugget. That guac is so spicy. Is it yeah. spicy guacamole? Spicy guac. Hey. Me moron dog. 
Don't even forget that there's four more nuggets on the grill. When will they be ready? I don't know, five minutes. Um, so, the next big thing we gotta talk about, which I think we've answered everything. <laughs> we've answered everything from the Discord, right? I'm gonna get into this piping hot tea. Okay, yeah. Can you get Alexis the hoisin sauce, please? Which flavor? Uh, <laughs> not the lime cilantro one. Oh yeah, the hate yeah. cilantro. All right, so. <laughs> All right, so what we have to talk about is this article, which I will pull up so I can read it to you. That was written by Bill Colley of of a Fox News subsidiary uh, called 1310KLIX. Um, he drove by my house some time ago. <sighs> took a picture of it. Just from the road, took a picture of my house, right? Um, and then while he was there, he took a picture of us. I'm looking at the article right now. Um, <sighs> which... By the way, if you want to see the article, you can go to newsradio1310.com forward slash opinion Kimberly House promotes left-wing causes. Or just look up Kimberly House News Radio 1310 KLX. Um, so fucking, <laughs> this guy drives by, takes a picture of my house, and then puts an article of it with my house on it with the house number visible. Now, keep in mind, they've blurred out the house, the house number now, and they've also have made some other changes I'll talk about. But I'm just going to read this article for you. Um, Twin Falls County Democratic Party headquarters is in Kimberly? Question mark. Don't know. I haven't been able to find the place in years. I passed this house over the weekend. If there's a left-wing cause, this property appears to have it covered. There are Black Lives Matter signs and flags. A handmade sign explained there are veterans against Trump. There must be a few simply because it's a microcosm of the larger culture. There's a rainbow flag and rainbow sign which appears to shout, SAFE! I'm not quite sure what the neighbors think. I didn't stick around. It's just that it's so incongruous in Kimberly. Incongruous, period. In Kimberly. Bad punctuation. A suggestion for the property owner. The grass is probably greener in the Republican Party, or better watered, or better maintained. That should have been, like, commas, and it was just periods breaking it up. There was a moment when I thought the place was decorated for Halloween, but it's still only September. If you go trick-or-treating at this location, you could get your candy redistributed. If you have two peanut butter cups and someone else has none, well, period. That should have been a comma. You probably got two through no effort of your own, or someone liked yours looks, or someone liked yours looks, or someone liked your looks, and that would be an unfair advantage. That's weird. A few years ago, I was... Yeah. A few, years ago, a few years ago, I was walking not far from City Park in Twin Falls. I came across a building where a sign above the door informed me it was County Democrat Party HQ. A sign also said vacancy, empty buildings, and empty heads. Somehow, I don't believe the people of Kimberly are flocking to Democrats. Unless someone is promising much more than he can deliver. Maybe the candy won't just be free. You'll get a check if you take some. So, this article was written, right? Uh, originally, the article said... Um, Opinion, colon, Kimberly Democratic Party headquarters is in, or Democratic Party headquarters is in Kimberly, Idaho. And not only is that untrue, but it put us in a lot of danger because almost immediately, um, the amount of pickup truck boys that were driving by screaming at us, like, multiplied, probably by a factor of, like, 10, because it went from, like, maybe three or four a day to about 12, I would say, um, maybe a little more, a little less, um, and... If this guy had stopped by and would knocked on the door and was like, hey, I want to talk to you about your property, I would have made it very clear what we were doing, what we were, you know, what was going on. Um, but instead, this guy just took a picture, drove off, and then just totally hypothesized what we, not even hypothesized, because there was no testable thing there. There was no scientific method. He just assumed what we were. He backs up to fucking conclusions. Yeah, and like he he put us in a lot of danger because there was death threats on Facebook almost immediately. Um, if you're on my TikTok, you probably saw them already. But there was guys telling us they were gonna burn the house down. There was uh, multiple people on Facebook, usually white older men uh, who are balding with lots of guns in their profile pictures and their backgrounds, telling us that they were gonna find us. Uh, a lot of people questioned both me and Alexis's uh, veteran status because there's no American flags on property. You have to have an American flag on property if you're a veteran, right? Um, Someone made the very valid point that you've served your country, you do not have to lick its taint. Yep. Um, and what I want to shout out first is 
Oh my God, the amount of people from TikTok and the Discord server that went to bat for us. You are all so beautiful. Um, I think what we can do real quick is we'll read some of the best ones real quick. I don't have them saved, so you're going to have to fucking stick around with me doing this. Let me see the comments. Did they <laughs> disable a... the comments? Oh, no, they uploaded a new article, Dad. Oh, yeah, okay, so, so all the comments are gone. I'm not, I don't have Facebook. Yeah. Um, anyway, you guys went to bat. You guys did a great job helping us out. You guys said some hilarious shit that had us all here in the house just rolling, <laughs> and I love you so much. Um, if you guys participated in defending us on Facebook, I really implore you, if you're not already part of the Discord server, get on the Discord server. There's a link in my bio. We would love to have you guys there. If Even if you don't participate, you can be there and have it as an option. Uh, anyway, and this guy later went on to say in his talk show uh, that he, what, what did he say? Sailor Timmy, who is our, our mascot on the front, who is just a, a a, a five-foot skeleton I got from Lowe's. It was hanging from his attached, like, head hook thingy, wearing Alexis's old dress blues. He was like, there's a, sa there's, a, there's a skeleton out front hanging from its neck by a noose. I think it's a threat. And he said he assumes it's supposed to be President Trump. And first of all, there's nothing on the skeleton that would identify as President Trump, especially not the uniform, since, you know, good old Donnie the draft dodger. Captain Bonespurs. Captain Bonespurs. Um, he assumed it was a threat and it was ridiculous. So we were initially very happy about it. So like, oh, we're making a difference. They're noticing us. We were laughing about it. And then we got the death threats and then people started screaming at us. So we had to call KPD a couple of times. And like a lot of people were like, oh, well, I thought you were old cops or bastards in 1312. And like, I'm still about that because I hate the concept of policing and I hate what policing has done and where it's founded in this country. And having been a criminal justice and policing student, I don't agree with where it's at now. Um, but also, uh, if there is a good model of policing, it is Kimberly and Kimberly's police department. Because for a town of 3,000, it has a whole seven, six actual cops, and then their chief, and then the records lady. Um, and they do a pretty good job. Like, they, they handled it pretty well. But they're not... Portland Police Bureau or Los Angeles cops, they don't live in the town they police it or anything. Like, these are cops who live here and represent the public. Um, shout out to Officer Wells, by the way. That's shout out to name. Officer Wells. He was uh, the responder twice because we had to report it because we were sitting here thinking, man, we might end up shooting someone one of these days because uh, if someone comes on the property and they're trespassing and they're... Uh, <laughs> I'm getting threats that people are going to burn the house down or attack me or hurt me or shoot me. Like, I'm probably going to shoot a trespasser who doesn't identify themselves and doesn't leave. And the thing is, we called the cops that night. He showed up. We had a conversation. He told us that he was going to get some stuff together. He leaves. And not even two minutes later, someone drives into our front yard, and Monty had to stand up, and then they drove away. Yep. It was not good times. So that was horrible for my anxiety. Uh, it was horrible for all of our anxieties, you know, because it's three people with PTSD here. Um, not good. So we made the report to the police, not necessarily to protect us, because they can't do shit. They, were, they can step up patrols, but they can't go after anybody. Um, but what, they did, what that did for us was it made us so that if we did have to shoot someone, they can't say we didn't do everything we could. Um, and I would like to clarify, I don't want to shoot people. I don't want to harm someone. But in the state of Idaho, we have both Castle Doctrine and Standard Ground and very, very liberal carry laws. Um, I'm not going to be attacked or hurt by a Nazi or a fascist or a white supremacist and just let it happen. I'm also not going to let that happen to my family or my pets or my property. So um, just to make that clear. And the intent is not to kill if I had to discharge a firearm. It would just be to stop the threat, which is why, Maybe. for the most part, um, we carry mostly small caliber firearms around the home. But anyway, this isn't a gun podcast. Um, so we ended up calling a couple attorney's offices, and I had a consultation. And then to cover my butt, I did call KLAX, and I said, hey, uh, this is my formal request for you to take down your article or to change it. 
because um, we're getting death threats, and if anything happens, you guys are going to be liable. And Janice over at KLX uh, handled it pretty good. We had a few phone calls, and although the article didn't get taken down, uh, which I don't care if the article's up there. My, my problem was that it was called the Democrat Party HQ. And um, they, they changed that, and then we realized there was a problem because they hadn't changed the URL. Then they changed the URL. Um, I would love an apology from Mr. Bill Colley, but I don't think I'll get it. Um, so we at least resolved that to a point where we still feel like the damage has been done because we've still been ID'd and mislabeled for what we are. Uh, but there's not a whole lot we can do about that. Uh, part of the risk we take, uh, my brother, my oldest brother called me, you know, asking me to take the signs down because he's worried about me. We're not going to do it. Because uh, negotiate with terrorists. Yeah, like we were basically, it would basically be giving in to be to bullying or terrorizing, you know, which is what fascism is. It's the suppression of, you know, uh, the democratic system and uh, multiple views. So hi, Gina. Uh, so here we are. That's what we uh, have most recently gone through. It has not been a super rad time. It ha it left us kind of shaken. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're still existing. I'm still eating chicken nuggets with guacamole. Um, it kind of slaps a little. Mm -hmm. And I found out that it's not the guac that's spicy, it's the nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what we went through. Um, oh, you know, all those comments are probably on the Discord server, huh? Oh, only dangerous you know, ones are. I want the funny ones. <laughs> the funny ones are gone with the article. But you guys did such a good job defending us that, like, almost immediately after Bill Colley on his Facebook page just put up a vague post that was like, I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. So hopefully he thinks twice we're doing shit like that. It really, okay, so you know that, y'all know that TikTok audio where it's like, teeny weeny teeny wiggles, <laughs> short tick man. Mm -hmm. That gave, that vibes so heavily. For me, it when does. I read that post, I was like, sir, you're a little bitch. Hey, man, if you want to write an article on the house, fucking talk to At me. At least ask for yeah. my permission first. Like, it, it takes nothing to, like, knock on my door and be like, hey, I'd like to write an article about your house. Can I talk to you? And be like, yeah, sure, I'll talk to you. You know. But here we are. That's what we'd be doing. Uh, I'm not sure what else to talk about in the podcast. Harmonica... Well, we, yeah, we could harmonica. I usually only harmonica on the way out, so. But, uh, yeah, this is us. Does anyone have any questions on the TikTok Live they would like to ask before we uh, jump out of here for the night? I'm going to show up and write an article about you guys. Yes, please, Arrow. You have to show up with, like, the press hat, though, where you have, like, a little fucking card tucked into your fedora or whatever. We Yeah. Huh. <sighs> But that is a, that's a long podcast episode. That's, we're almost at 55 minutes. Gina wants love. I mean... We uh, have got to cut out the chunks of us yelling about chicken nuggets. No, it stays in. The nuggets you, stay please, in. Please, Father. The nuggets stay in, and this is staying in. Dad. Yep. Because you know what? We're sponsored by the now five remaining... Oh, can you go get the chicken nuggets off the grill? <laughs> Thanks. Well, what we can do, uh, Gina, Gate. I guess I can stop recording this. Hey, thank you for following and listening to the Queer Cooperative Podcast. I'm waiting on chicken nuggets. Um, we are here queer and have everything to fear, and I'm still going to keep sewing patches on my, my old jacket to piss people off. Um, I don't know what to say, so I'm just going to cut out with the harmonica. <laughs>